Well, today I want to finish a series that we've called Being the New. It's a series about faith. It's a series about stepping in to this year. Now, here we are at the very end of this month, and it's continuing into our year with bigger faith than we've ever had. See, I'm under the conviction of this, and everything I read in the Scripture leads me to this, is that the only limitation that we have in God is the level of faith that we'll believe with. I believe that. And it's not uh, just simply, what would you call it, uh, positive psychology. Oh, no, it's not. It's called the Word of God. So as we step into this, I want to remind you something about Three Oaks Church. We have a deep conviction that the Bible is the Word of God. And it's given to us to teach us. It's given to us to correct us. And it's given to us to be a map into what God's called us to be. So our heart is always this. My opinion doesn't matter that much. His does. So we believe this, that Scripture should back up everything we talk about. And that you can always count on that from us. We believe in the Word of God at Three Oaks Church, and we're staying true to that no matter what happens, no matter what flies around. This is our basis, right? So as I begin to step in today's message, and I have been so excited about the journey that God's taken this church on. The roots of the church, for those that don't know, the roots of the church go back into the 1930s. My family came to be a part of the journey in 1977. I'm that old. That's crazy, right? Some of you are going, really? That's, you look older than that, Pastor. But anyway, but we came in 1977 and Along that journey, we've seen so many amazing things and met so many amazing people. And today, as we sit on the side of this hill, our prayer has always been that people see the glory of God in this house. Because we want it to be a place where people are healed. We want it to be a place where people in a ravaged world, in a place where people are broken and there's fear and anxiety, our hope, our desire, and the vision that God's placed upon this house is to not be a country, as my dad would have said, a country club for believers, but to be a hospital for the lost and the hurting. And as we talk about that, I think it's really important to realize that right now in this world, it's a mess. It's a mess. As a matter of fact, I was, and some of you have watched the news, and, and I, I limit my intake of the news anymore because uh, I, I value my salvation and my walk with God. <laughs> it's easy to get some really get angry. But anyway, this week I saw an article and an announcement, and many of you saw it as well. And I research it to make sure because sometimes when you see and hear these things, trust me, everything you see on the internet is not gospel truth, right? So always investigate. But I went on and saw that on uh, the courthouse in New York City, among the statues of Moses and great people out of the, out of the Bible, 
there now is another statue. And it's a statue of, that represents an Egyptian goddess. And in that, I won't even go into all the different things that are entailed. That's not part of my message today. I just want to use this as an example. The purpose of it being there is partly to honor Ruth Ginsburg, the justice who fought for abortion. So now upon our court systems, we see the world pointing to this place of saying, no, 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 we want to celebrate people who support the wholesale slaughter of unborn children. Now, some of you look at that, and I know that can be a controversial subject. I don't know why, but it's because it shouldn't be. But what I want to point out today is what we see is a world that is spiraling out of control. As a matter of fact, let me take it to a place where that we all feel strongly is when it comes to our kids. We're seeing our kids get inundated and the attempt of indoctrinating them in things that are so far away from biblical morality. And the further we get into this, the more it gets that way. And I want to talk to you about that today in the time that I've got. And I want to tell you why and explain to you why big faith matters. And as we jump into that, I think it's extremely important. So if you would, would you stand to your feet very quickly? I want you to open your Bibles into the book of Judges. The book of Judges. You know, if it's that far back in the Old Testament, it's got to be heavy, right? Judges chapter 2. I'm going to read two different passages. Judges chapter 2, verses 7 through 10. Actually, I'll read 7, and then I'm going to just go ahead and go to verse 10 for sake of time. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. Man, at the end of my days, to say, to have them say, and all the days of clay, three oaks served the Lord. Wow, that, that's an awesome statement. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Let me read verse 8. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance at timnath Harris in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gash. Verse 10. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, passed away, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the works which he had done for Israel. That should be a sobering thing to read. Because, friends, we're living in such a generation. I want you to bump down to verse 20. It says, Then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he said, Because the nation, I want you to get that. He didn't say because of an individual or one tribe. He said, Because this nation has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and has not heeded my voice, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died. In other words, the enemies that Joshua and his generation were able to conquer 
and bring victory. The Lord was lifting his hand of safety and grace off of his people. God will do that. He's shown us in this moment. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to talk. Let's pray. Father, today in this moment and in this house, I pray you would work on our hearts. That God, you'd teach us to stand in bigger faith than we ever have in our entire lives. That we would receive your word with joyful hearts, even when it convicts and cuts us to the core of who we are. Because Father, we know that when we feel that way, when we're convicted, we know the Holy Spirit is working inside of us. And Father, I ask this as always, that this seed would bring back a harvest of good in the lives of your people. This world needs strong men and women of faith. And Lord, I pray this, that when we leave our time together, that we would be changed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated. So here's what I want to do. When we look at this and we see what the scripture says, we are teetering on the precipice of seeing a generation that does not know what faith really looks like. All it takes is a cursory look around us and to look into our family units, if we're being honest, and to look around in our own lives. Sometimes there seems like there's this deep lack of faith and believing in who God says he is and what the word of God says about him. And we desperately need churches, not just us as a body, but churches, the people of God universally to remember that we serve a God that's greater than any need that can ever arise. That no matter what's going on in the world around us, we serve a God who's greater than any challenge that could ever arise. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says he'll raise up a standard against him. God has not changed. Yet I see Christians and I see people cowering, afraid to stand up for their faith, afraid of what might happen to them. And here's what I would tell you. You should be more afraid of what would happen to you when you don't obey God than you will than when persons outside of God look at you with an evil eye. Because I can tell you, having God be angry should be much more anxious to us than us not being popular in the public eye. So today, you're going, ooh, this is going to get heavy really fast. Well, kind of and kind of not. Because I believe, and we believe as the leadership of this church, we believe God's placed us here to be a light in our community. And through all of this that we've seen, and we read these scriptures, I think this is so important for us to see right now. There's a question I want to ask you. If not now, when? If not now, when? When will we get serious about making changes? When will we get serious and stop letting a government be the solution when we recognize it's not a solution, especially in this day and age, it's poisonous? I'm not that person that's going to get up on a soapbox and rage against stuff. What I can tell you as a man of God and as your pastor, my job is to shepherd you. My job is to tell you the truth. 
And sometimes truth hurts. But when we look at our lives and we look, I just want to challenge you today. When we look at the world around us and we take all this in, I don't know about you, I've got grandbabies that I want to make sure that they know if the Lord tarries, and tarries is a, a very Christianese word, I apologize. If the Lord doesn't come back soon and he waits for a while, <laughs> tarries is so much easier to say. But anyway, if the Lord does that, I want my grandchildren and my children to not just hear stories of the power of God. I want them to have experienced the power of God because stories can only go so far. Experience does so much more. See, because I lived and grew up in a day and age, and some of you may have different philosophies on this, and honestly, uh, I, you, people try to argue this with me many times, and you can't argue with experience. I've seen blinded eyes open. I've seen massive miracles. I've seen the lame walk. I've seen cancers disappear. I've seen tumors go away right in front of our eyes. I've seen these things with my own eyes. I watched and held a lady's hands in my hands as she swept before the Lord because she was blind. She, her eyes were covered in cataracts. She couldn't see. She could see shadows. And as she cried and wept before me, I held her hands as these milky cataracts had fallen out of her eyes into her hands and she could see. Now, see, I don't need to have a doctrinal argument or a theological argument with somebody because the experience speaks for itself. So my point in that is sometimes we need to realize that we need an experience with God. We need to embrace it. And to embrace the fullness of God requires faith, big faith. So today, we believe this, that God doesn't call us and place vision on our lives for no reason. As a matter of fact, I believe this, He trusts us with vision. And we want to see our community thrive and our community be a central place where the gospel of Christ is present everywhere. You know, people always say, you know what? Tennessee's just lived in a bubble. You know, the middle of Tennessee, it's just been a bubble of Christianity. And it used to be kind of a, uh, they would call, say it like in a bad way. You know, like we were backward. Well, it's kind of interesting to me that it seems like everybody else that called us backwards, now they're beating themselves trying to get here as quickly as they can. And we, we welcome you. We welcome you because we know what we have. But we also know, and this is what I love about the people coming in, they've watched that battle be lost. So when they're coming in, they're ready to fight for that bubble, right? They want to maintain that. So we need to make sure that we're doing what God's called us to do. I hear talk of recession. I hear talk of all the different things going on, and I don't doubt it. We watch these things, and, and we don't know what tomorrow holds. But what we do know is this, is that we know who holds tomorrow. And no matter what happens tomorrow, God is bigger than any challenge in front of us. So some of you will recognize this. Some of you won't. But what I want you to do is see this is really quick video clip just to kind of intro you into what I want to reveal. And I want to help the word be the disruptor in your life right now. Because we live in a time that if people don't wake up to what's happening around us, we're going to find 
that uh, the thing that we hope doesn't happen will be upon us so fast that there's nothing else we can do about it but hang on and keep praying. I'm telling you, we're in a time now that we need to be praying, but we also need to be active in being the people of God and standing for biblical morality and biblical worldview values. That's our kids' educational building. There, this one. And we were being patient. We were sitting back and we said, well, let's wait till things get better. And it doesn't take long to look and see that things aren't getting better in the world. And one of our passions is this, is we believe that inside the school system and the things that are going on in our system that parents need, a, they, need a, they need an option. And our heart is this, and we love our believing teachers and administrators that are in our system right now that are fighting to represent Christ in everything. And as a matter of fact, I want you to give, because the, they're warriors, can you give all of them a hand because they're fighting. But we sincerely believe that people need options. So we want to come alongside some of our the systems and the things that come into place and be able to come alongside parents and provide a place where they can educate. We're not trying to build a school, but what we are trying to do is come alongside some groups who are doing this and we can be a difference so that you have an option instead of being locked in to something because there's just nothing else you can do. See, we believe this, that our job is to build kids for the kingdom of God. Right now, as we speak, there's, there's a bunch of kids over in the chapel right now. And they're learning about Christ. They're worshiping. They're doing all these things. We have some amazing volunteers and pastors that are over there pouring into our kids. And we're thankful for that. But we also realize that one Sunday, one Wednesday night is not enough. We need a place where our kids can grow up and get the foundation that we know they need. I don't want somebody else that doesn't have the same morals that I have telling my kids what their morals should be. That's my job, right? So it's our job to come alongside and do what we can. So you say, well, what are, how are we going to do this? Well, are we starting tomorrow? No, because we're not going into debt. Not on that. You say, what are we going to do? We're going to raise the money. So right today, I need about $100,000 from each one of you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, I'm not kidding, but still. What I want to tell you is that we're opening this. You can give on this online now. You can do this. And I want us to take just a second because let me tell you, there are people in this room that can make a difference and we can make this happen. On Wednesday nights, we're overflowing in our rooms. Our kids, it's overflowing. We need this not only for, for uh, coming alongside and having educational space, we need it for service space. But this is going to make a monstrous difference, a, a powerful, impacting difference. And I want to challenge you because here's what I want to tell you. Is you say, well, pastor, how are you going to do this when we got all this going on in the world? Because the world's not our source. God is. And here's what I want to tell you. There are people that can make that difference. 
And I want to challenge you. Be a part of that. Let's get this done. And let me talk to you that are watching online. Some of you, your heart is resonating with what I'm talking about right now. And I want to challenge you to be a part. Because if not now, when? Do we just sit back and wait for times to get better? No, it's time to act now. If you ask me, we're already behind the eight ball. We got to get on it and get it done. And that's what I love about this church. Nobody's ever shuddered or got scared of vision. And I'm grateful to get to be a part of this. So let me talk about this. So how do we do this? When we, when we talk about this generation and the danger that we have, uh, this is where faith comes in. Because faith brings a level of expectation. And I love what it says in the book of Psalms. The book of Psalm, chapter 119, verse 126, it says, it's time for you to act, Lord. Your law is being broken. Does that not sound familiar? But here's what we know about God. He's an active God, and He will act. And what I love about it is that God honors those that chase hard after Him. And here, I'm not a doomsayer. I'm not at all that. I'm telling you that God's given us an opportunity to change things. He's given us an opportunity to be a light. He's given us an opportunity to help be a, a solution instead of a complainer. And when the Lord comes back, see, somebody, somebody uh, told me this a few weeks ago and says, well, Pastor, we, we probably shouldn't build anything because the Lord's coming back any day. And I went, that's wrong thinking. Because here's what I will tell you in the simplest form. When Jesus does come back, I want him to come back and see the body of Christ that is Three Oaks Church, hard at work doing the Lord's work. Doing the Father's business, about the Father's business. And we can do it. Guys, we can do it. You say, how will we do it right now? Here, here's what I think. We still got some bids coming in. But I, I think, you know what, I'm not even going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you the cost. It doesn't matter. I'll tell you that later. But what I can tell you is that we can do it, and we need to do it. And once again, I ask the question, if not now, when? Can I tell you this? When we read the Scriptures and we see this, I think it's really important for us to bring this home to us because we all have a responsibility. Let's talk about your homes. Let's talk about your grandchildren. Let's talk about your friends who have children. We have a responsibility to be the truth speakers. And to be a light, to say, listen, I know what the world's saying, but here's what God says. Here's what his word says. And they say, but that's just a book. Oh, no, it's not just a book. Because I can take you through thousands of years where this book has stood and has been proven over and over and over. And I can tell you from my own experience, how many of you have had God do something pretty amazing in your life? Come on. Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. And you say, well, what does that have to do with anything? It's your testimony. You remember what it says in Revelations? They overcame by what? The blood and their testimony. It makes a difference. So we have a responsibility to be that light, to be real believers, not to be Sunday morning Christians, but to be a light wherever we go in everything that we do and to realize if truly time is short, we got to get to work. We can't wait any longer. We've got to say, God, if you do it, we're going to follow. 
God, you call us to it. Our job is to be faithful. So as we walk into this, I think it's important for us to realize that we live in a day where our expectation must be greater of what God can do when the world starts mocking God. The problem is a lot of times when people mock God, that's what's happening in our culture right now, that it's, it, it's, it's atrocious. Why is it that every religion is safe except Christianity? I can tell you why. Because we serve the one true God. The enemy's not concerned about anything else. He's concerned about what could cause an uproar and can fix some things. Right? So, when I look at this, I think it's important for us to realize that we have to have a big faith. Say, Pastor, what does that look like? Well, I can tell you right now, over this year, we've seen some tremendous growth in the church. And somebody said, Pastor, what are we going to do about that? Well, we're going to have to do some fun stuff. We're going to have to do some incredibly exciting things like have more volunteers. I won't even tell you about all that. That's for another day. But what I want you to understand is our heart is this. Every seat represents someone that needs Jesus. And in our city, in our community, you say, well, there's plenty of churches everywhere. I agree. And you say, well, what does it matter about Three Oaks? Because God calls every church to a particular thing. And what I'm telling you right now, that we want to see our community, our sons and daughters, have a foundation that's strong in understanding who God is and who God created them to be. To understand God called you to walk in the fullness of His Holy Spirit. He's called you to walk and believe and do great things. And as, as, as we look across and see everything that God's doing in lives, I, I just have to tell you, and it reminds me of this, because people go, well, pastor, we've done such great things. Isn't it time to rest? <laughs> like, well, man, that sounds nice. But when the, when the battle's going on, you don't rest. Can I just ask you, if, if you knew somebody was fixing to break into your home and try to abduct your child, would you just wait? Would you just stay in your bed and be like, you know what? It's been a long day. Maybe they'll just wait till tomorrow. No, you're up and you've got, because we're in the South, we know what you're getting your assault rifle and you're getting ready, right? Welcome, California. But you're getting ready to fight because it's your child. I'm telling you right now that the enemy is out after your children. And we need to make sure that we're doing spiritually what we need to do and to be prepared for that. And let me tell you something. The enemy's not concerned about what you did. He's concerned about what you might do. And I want you to remember that. Because if someone in that generation perhaps could have stood up and been vocal and maybe pursued God a little deeper, perhaps there wouldn't have been a generation that didn't know God. And the sad thing is, is that that generation went on and messed up further and further and further until God finally said, I've had enough. 
and he took his hand off. Now we know God's restoring grace. He gave them another opportunity and we see that story played out in scripture. I believe that God is giving America another opportunity. I believe that with all of my heart, but it takes us receiving that opportunity to say, God, use us. We're gonna be faithful. We're gonna stay true. We're gonna make sure our kids not only hear stories about the power of God, but we put them in a place where they can experience the power of God. That's important. So, Let's look at that just really quickly. We understand that he's, the enemy's not concerned about what you did yesterday. He's concerned about what you might do tomorrow. And can I tell you something? <laughs> the way I've seen the enemy attacking lets me know something. I've been doing this a long time now. And when it gets hotter in spiritual warfare, I can tell you this. There's something big right on the other side of that. Because the problem is, is what people usually do is when it gets difficult, they quit. They get to the place, I've heard it many times, when it gets tough, well, it must not be God if it's hard. Well, I don't know where you got that theology from, but that's not what the Bible talks about. No, no, no. When it gets hard, we stand and we stand firm. No matter what's happening, I had that conversation with James the other day. No matter what happens, you stand firm. When you've done all to stand, stand and when we do that, God honors that. But can I tell you, when I see those attacks, you know what it does? It awakens something in me. Because today I'm alive with expectation. I'm charged with expectation because I know what God can do. You're sitting in a miracle right now. When we did this, people said, you're never going to be able to do that. I'll never forget it. Why would you do that? Well, I don't know. Maybe because God told us to. And when it seemed impossible, God still came through. And never once has there been a need not met since we've been on this journey. See, what I want you to get is this, is that when it gets difficult, we have to understand and remind ourselves, our greatest days are ahead of us, not behind us. The challenges that we fight can't keep us from understanding and living and speaking and declaring faith. I'm telling you this because you can take this to your family. You can take this into your walk with God on a daily basis because I know some of you are going through some major battles in your life. But I can also tell you this, that God will never fail you. We may not understand his timing. We may not understand how he does things. But one thing we can know is he will never fail us. We are never alone, no matter what we're going through in life. And I just want you to be encouraged because when you're facing challenges, know this, that there is a miracle right on the other side of that challenge. Sometimes the difficult things in our lives are meant so that we can overcome that, so that we can be a testimony to somebody else who's about to go through the same thing. I've learned that in my life. Look, I grew up in the 80s. Anybody, any 80s kids? Any 80s kids? You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Def Leppard, ACDC. Joni Mitchell. No, that was not the 80s. Oh, you're, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But what I want you to understand is like I grew up in the 80s and, and you know what? There was a lot of crazy stuff that happened through the 80s. And what I've discovered in my life and in my story, the crazy stuff that I went through in the 80s and when I got my life right with God, God didn't just look at all that stuff and you're such an idiot. Why did you do Let's just, you're dumb. No, he took all that stuff and turned it around for good and, I, and uses it to help me minister to other people who've been through similar things. What I'm trying to tell you, your testimony matters. But it's hard to have a testimony 
when you're not willing to go through the fire. So I'm telling you right now, we live in one of the greatest times in history. If truly, this is the moment where the church age could be ending in some time, and that what concludes with the rapture of the church. You say, well, pastor, I don't know about all that stuff. Well, come on a Wednesday night. We talk about all kinds of fun stuff. Right now, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. This Wednesday night is going to be really fun. So what I want you to understand is that we have to realize we've got to stand when things are difficult. We've got to have faith. I need to tell you one story, and I'll, I'll, and I'll close, because I know, I already know, you, I, it's crazy how fast time goes. My father, I know I've talked about my father all the time, but it's better to talk about him than other things, right? My father was a great man of faith. He had the faith to believe, I, I mean, and he earned that level of faith the hard way. And I remember when my father passed away and God started calling the church to a, a new season. And part of that new season was to sell everything we had and basically start over. Let me tell you something. There is no pastor that when God says, sell your nice buildings and go meet in a school until I open the door for the next phase. I tell them, you know what they need when they have church seminars, it says, you know, they have always about grow your church, explode your church, reach your community, all those things. There's all these seminars. I said, well, when they have the seminar that says how to shrink your church, call me because I can tell you exactly how to do it. Go mobile. But what I want you to understand is in that time I struggled. And I learned a lesson that I had to develop my own faith. That big faith that my dad had, I had to develop. So the reason I tell you this is don't be afraid of the big challenges in life. Don't feel like you don't have enough because we talked about this all through the series. Your small faith is actually big faith. And the thing that God can do in you is only limited by the level of expectation that you'll have in what God can do. And I believe that with everything inside of you. Some of you are going through challenges and you're struggling right now. But I just want you to hear this. You might not see it yet, but God does. The reason I put that picture in front of you today is because I want you to see it. I want you to realize that it's not that far away and we can do it together. But in your situation, in your circumstance, you may not see the solution. You may not see the breakthrough right now, but God does. He already has it mapped out. He knows how this is going to play out. And I want to remind you this, that our future victory outweighs our current challenge. So when we look at the world and we say, it's hopeless, stop it, because it's not hopeless. He put you here to be a solution. He gave us the opportunity to live in this day and age, in this moment. And what a great opportunity. So let me start wrapping with this. I want to give you one key thought today. See, I was thinking he didn't give us any key thoughts. Dear Lord, we're going to be here till three o'clock. <laughs> I have one key thought that I want to share with you, and it's this. As you step out in faith to meet a kingdom need, it shifts the atmosphere and it sets the climate for the miraculous. When you step out in faith to meet a kingdom need, 
it sets up the atmosphere for God to do miracles in your own life. There are testimonies in this house right now that speak to this. And I'm not going to walk through them for sake of time, but I can tell you this, God is absolutely able. And I want to remind you that your steps of faith matter. What will you do with it? Let me stop with this scripture. Isaiah chapter 54, we talked about it last week. Isaiah chapter 54, verses 2 and 3 says, Enlarge your house. You're going to need a bigger place. But don't underestimate the amount of room that you'll need. So build, build, build. You will increase in every direction to fill the world. Your offspring will take over the nations. Your people will revitalize long abandoned towns. When we read the scripture, you say, well, pastor, that was for another time. That was to another people. But God never changes. It's who he is. What I'm telling you is when God gives a call to your life, when God says, I need you to do this, when you're faithful to do it, and you do it when you don't see it, he's faithful and he provides. See, some of you, you say, my marriage is falling apart and we're talking about building buildings. I didn't come here to hear about a building. I need Jesus. The principle's the same. If your marriage is falling apart and you're just desperate for help, what I can tell you is this. Start to enlarge your vision of your marriage. Don't look at the current circumstance. Don't look at the thing, the atmosphere around you in the moment, but see further than that. See what it can be if Christ changes things. If you be the husband that God called you to be and you're the wife that God called you to be, that God can, do you think that God can't rekindle a passion that's greater than anything you've ever known? He created you. I'm telling you he can. What I want you to understand is when God puts a, a demand on your life, he always provides the resources for that. We've talked about that as well. But now is the time to expect miracles. Now is the time for the church to be the church. Now is the time for us to expect and believe and know that God is going to provide more than we could ever ask or imagine. The question is, will we walk in big faith? Will you believe beyond your own resources? Will you learn how to pray and say, God, bring it in and we'll be faithful and do what you've called us to do with it because lives need to be changed. And that's our job, to be a light to this world of darkness. And the one thing I know about the people in this body, you guys, have always embraced vision. And here we go. I believe in you. And I know some of you are in different places in life. I know some of you right now are just trying to get on the ground floor of life. You're just kind of starting out. And I'm just telling you, let this, let this be part of your building process of trusting God early on because God will honor it. And you say, well, Pastor, what about in my life? I know I'm not right with God. I know that there's things in my life that aren't right. And, and how, how, look, the number one thing you need to know is that God brought you to this place today for a purpose. You say, well, I didn't come to hear about a building program or a thing like that. I know. But you know what? God knew why he put you in that seat today. So here's what I would like to do. 
I would like all of us just to stand to our feet this morning, all across the building. And I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a few moments. And I want to do something just a hair different. I want you in your mind to just dream for a moment, just to build this image in your own mind of your neighbors, your children, your cousins, your kids' cousins, the people you care about. See them coming to an altar and receiving Jesus. That's vision. It's that important. Now, if you're here today, you say, Pastor, but I've never accepted Christ. I know there's sin in my life. I know that there's activities in my life that don't honor God. And church, what is sin? Sin is anything that separates you from God. For some of you, it's anger. For some of you, it's resentment. We, it, God says, put it down. Don't let it separate you from me. You say, Pastor, today all I can tell you is I feel something pulling on my heart and I know I need Jesus today. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I've, I've accepted Christ in my life, but I, I know there's stuff that's not honoring him in it and I need, I need to repent today. I need to come clean before God. This calls for you. Maybe you're here today and you say, I've never received Christ. I, I, I just need him. This calls for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm in this place where I'm watching today and I know I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I need to walk out of this room knowing that I'm in the right place with God. If that's you, would you just simply slip up your hands right where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just keep them up for me, please. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Yeah, thank you. I see you in the back there. Thank you. Anybody else? I don't want to miss a single person. Thank you. I see you. Now, while your heads are still bowed, you can put your hands back down. You're watching online. I'm talking to you too. Jesus can change your life and he can change it right now. So know this. The gospel is for you. Forgiveness is for you. No matter what you've done, receive him and watch your life change. And we're going to say a prayer together. And here's what I would tell you online and tell you in this house. Tell somebody about the decision that you're making today because you do not have to walk alone. You weren't created to walk alone. We need each other. You say, Pastor, I don't have anybody to tell. Oh, yes, you do now. You could tell us, you can grab a connection card, you can put it on there if you want to be, you know, if you're a little introverted or whatever, you can do it that way and we can get in contact with you. There's gonna be people at this altar that you can talk to if you choose to. There's people in the back, it doesn't matter. Find me, we wanna walk with you. But we're gonna say a prayer right now. It's a very simple prayer and we're gonna say it together as a family. So if you would, could we pray? Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sin and I turn away from my past. Today I am forgiven. 
and I'm a new creation. The old person's gone and the new has come. I'm living for you, Jesus. I belong to you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Can you give the Lord some praise? Amen.